This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. January may be Eastern Europe's coldest month, but most Ukrainians are unwilling to accept Vladimir Putin's gigantic bear hug for comfort. Diplomatic efforts have not yet managed to take the chill off the situation, and around 100,000 Russian troops are still at their posts on the border. The Foreign Secretary Liz Truss was interviewed by Sophie Rayworth, who asked her how likely it was that the situation could escalate. Are you working on the assumption that President Putin is going to invade Ukraine? We think it's highly likely that he is looking to invade Ukraine. That is why we're doing all we can through deterrence and diplomacy to urge him to desist. That's why we are uh, strengthening our sanctions regime here in the United Kingdom. We're going to be introducing new legislation so that we can hit targets, including those who are key Uh, to the Kremlin's continuation and the continuation of the Russian regime. We're also supplying and offering extra support into our Baltic allies across the Black Sea, as well as supplying the Ukrainians with defensive weapons. And the United Kingdom is the largest contributor to NATO in Europe, and we are the largest European NATO supporter of troops and defences in Europe. I want to talk to you about sanctions in a moment, but just in terms of what could happen, are you thinking an invasion is imminent? Well, what we are seeing is attempts by the Russian regime to destabilise Ukrainian democracy. Last week, we revealed intelligence that showed an attempt by the Kremlin to install a puppet regime in Kiev. Uh, We've seen cyber attacks. Uh, We've seen other attempts to destabilise Ukraine. At the same time, we've seen this big build-up on the border. You know, there is a real threat of invasion. But we don't know what's going to happen. No one can predict the future. What we have to do is work as hard as we can to stop that happening, because it would be terrible uh, for Europe. It would be terrible for freedom and democracy. And I think it would be very bad for the Russian government themselves, because it could well end up as a quagmire, as we saw in Chechnya, as we saw in Afghanistan. The Ukrainians will fight you know, that is absolutely clear. So we are doing all we can so to prevent you- that happening. Trevor Phillips also spoke to Truss and raised the issue of sanctions against Russia and supporters of the Putin regime. What have you got so, in mind? So currently the economic sanctions are fairly narrowly drawn. So we could only target companies with a direct involvement in destabilising Ukraine. What we are looking to do is widen that so any company of interest to the Kremlin and the regime in Russia would be able to be targeted. So there will be nowhere to hide for Putin's oligarchs, for Russian companies involved in propping up the Russian state. That's what we are looking at doing this week. Would that include, for example, the capacity to seize property, which may not be very far from where we're sitting here, which is worth hundreds of millions of pounds, in the hands of uh, Putin's oligarch pals who've put their money into London property? Nothing is off the table. And we're not going to go into details of exactly who 
and how we would target the sanctions. What the legislation enables us to do is hit a much wider variety of targets so there can be nobody who thinks that they will be immune to those sanctions. Are you going to tell the Germans it's time to cancel Nord Stream 2? Yes or no? Well, the Germans, Olaf Scholz has said that it'd be very difficult for Nord Stream 2 to go ahead in the event of a Russian incursion. So we have seen a toughening of the Germans' position on that. I had a good call uh, this uh, week with the German foreign minister. And, and, we're, and, we're, and we're supporting that. We, Absolutely. Britain's view is, if there's an invasion, Nord Stream 2 stops. Completely. And one of the issues we have is European dependence on Russian gas. In the same way as we're seeing economic dependence grow on China and we're seeing increased use of economic coercion by China, we are seeing Russia use the fact that it is supplying gas to much of Europe as an economic tool, and we cannot allow that to happen. Brayworth pressed Truss on the government's national insurance rise, which is primarily aimed at funding the health and social care system. Boris Johnson and Chancellor Rishi Sunak have confirmed that the rise will go ahead in April in the teeth of opposition from their backbenches. Do you accept that the uh, national insurance rise is unpopular among Tory voters? We are in a very difficult situation. We have spent a lot of money on the COVID crisis, which had public support, whether that was the furlough scheme, whether it's the business support scheme. And the reality is we do need to pay that money back. What is crucial, though, is this government has really led in the vaccine scheme, the booster rollout. So we're, we're seeing our, ourselves recover the economy quicker. Uh, we're seeing do economic accept, growth at the highest level. In do you accept, though, that it is an unpopular tax among Tory voters? Taxes are never popular, Sophie. They're never popular. And as soon as possible, we want to be in a position to lower our tax rates. We want to drive economic growth because ultimately that is what will make our country successful. But we do face a short term issue, which is that we have spent significant amounts of money dealing with the COVID crisis that does need to be do you un- paid back. Do you accept that it is an unfair tax, that working families are going to be shouldering the burden of this? Somebody who is on £30,000 a year, for example, £250 more every year, £50,000, £500 more every year? This tax has been designed to deliver the improvements that are needed to the National Health Service and to social but care. But it could have been spread all out of more us, fairly, couldn't all it? All of us, including the Chancellor, including the Prime Minister want to be able to lower taxes. We want to see the economy grow. We want to take full advantage of our post-Brexit freedoms to do things like improve regulation areas like financial services so we can grow the economy. And the Prime Minister has been very forward-leaning on COVID, taking decisions other governments didn't take, opening up the economy early, and we are seeing the positive results. So we're seeing employment higher now than it was before the pandemic started, and that is ultimately the way... That we are going it's to pay for this. Of- Rayworth ended the interview by asking Truss if the Prime Minister still had her full support after a difficult few months. Facing. Is Boris Johnson the best leader to take the Conservatives into the next general election? Absolutely he is. You're not tempted? There is no there is no contest, there is no discussion. He has achieved an 80-seat majority for the Conservative Party. He has delivered on the COVID vaccine programme, the booster programme. He's delivered on Brexit and he will do a fantastic job 
winning the next election for the Conservative if, Party. If he is found to have broken the COVID rules or the COVID laws that he wrote, that he told the nation to follow, should he resign? I'm not going to answer hypothetical it's questions. It's not hypothetical. He has already, already apologised for what had happened and the mistakes that have been made. And I was you know, there in the House of Commons. I saw, I saw that happen. I think now, of course, we need to get the results of these reports, but we do need to focus on the very important issues. I just and that's what the very public... Though. The future of the Prime Minister is very important well, as well. If he's lied to Parliament, of, if he's lied to Parliament, should he resign? We know what ministerial code is. Should the, he resign the, if he's lied to Parliament? I'm not going to answer hypothetical questions. The future of the Prime Minister is assured. He's doing an excellent job on the things that matter, recovering the economy from COVID, getting Brexit done, getting this country going again. Rayworth also discussed the planned national insurance rise with Shadow levelling up Secretary Lisa Nandy. Nandy was highly critical of the government's plans. Would you... you can't possibly hit people with more taxes at the moment. It's just simply not possible for a lot of people to survive. The stories that I'm hearing from people across the country about the sacrifices they're going to have to make are enormous. But what's worse is that the government doesn't seem to have understood that if you want what they're billing as King's Cross-style regeneration, you have to have central London-style wages. You have to have... If you were in investment. government, would you... If you were in government, would you repeal this national insurance rise? Would you not do it? Well, we're hoping that the government won't go ahead with would it. Would you, and though, not no, do it? Well, look, we, we wouldn't bring it in in the first place. I mean, let me be absolutely clear with you. If there was a Labour government today, there would be no rise in national insurance. People would not be facing the prospect of seeing their incomes squeezed even more. Why? Because we've got to get people spending again. We've got to get people spending on their high streets in order to sustain them. We've got to allow families the security that they okay. need to do well. So, so if the and government, that's, so that's the government has so, so set on... The same day that they've said that they want to level up the country, they're also reaffirming this tax hike for people. The so, two things go hand in hand. Phillips goaded Nandy with the suggestion that Labour had completely failed in one of its core duties as an opposition. It's not my job to make moral judgments about the Prime Minister. What I'm asking you sure. is, if you think it's all so terrible, he's so ghastly, he's making a mess of the country, why haven't you been able to do anything about it? That's the job of opposition. And I'm just asking you whether you think, uh, when you had the opportunity, you missed it. Well, I just, I don't know what you're asking me to do. Do you want me to go down to London now and frog march him out of Downing Street? I mean, in the end, we live in a democracy and if Tory MPs won't find the backbone and the courage to do the right thing, then it will be up to the British people. What we'll do as the official opposition is leave no stone unturned. We will not rest until people who have been bereaved, people who've lost loved ones, people who made huge sacrifices, have got answers from the Prime Minister about what was going on on his watch and we'll continue to do our job in speaking up for people who are watching these broken promises with utter dismay. People deserve better chances and choices than the ones that are currently on offer to them. They, deal, they deserve a government that will deal with the cost of living crisis and will actually start to rebuild our great towns and cities right across this country. And until they have one, we simply will not rest. That is our job and we will do it. And finally, the Lib Dem leader, Sir Ed Davey, gave his two cents on the delay to the Sue Gray report into alleged Downing Street parties. The Metropolitan Police have demanded the report can only be published in a redacted form until they complete their own criminal investigation. 
Well, I have huge respect for police officers, rank and file police officers who put their lives on the line to keep us safe. And for them to do their job, the public have to have trust and confidence in them. But the way the Met has handled this, I think, is undermining that. And there is this perception. Just look at what's happened. First of all, the Met said they wouldn't investigate at all because it was uh, retrospective uh, offences. Then they said they might, but they want to let Sue Gray get on with her report. Then they said they would investigate and Sue Gray's report could be published in full. Then they changed their minds for a fourth time and said uh, Sue Gray's report had to wait till they'd done their investigation. This is chaos, an absolute chaos. And it, it may be a cock-up, but, but equally it could be something worse. You, you- That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffeehouse Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to my daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join me again next week.